Welcome to my basement, everybody. Holy shit, do we have a great show for you today. We look, do. Look what I just did. I can never say that on TV. Vic, I was upstairs just now yeah. giving your mother a foot rub. Yeah, she likes those. She does like those. Yeah. And uh, can I That's please... That's where it ended, though, right? Can I please just... not have to do that anymore? <laughs> You told me I couldn't come down to the basement until I rubbed your mother's feet. No, that's nice, man. Now know, she'll she, she'll bake bake you some bread. Yep, and that's that's the that's the exchange. I left her soaking up her feet soaking okay. in the in the in, in the tub. Yeah, so she's this she's, episode brought to you by Palm Olive. She's <laughs> send us a case of Palm Olive. <laughs> now we do have an exciting show for you, but uh, but what's new with you, my friend? Before we get to our special secret guest, um, I, my butt is numb. From yeah. all of the time I've been spending down here playing video games. Numb butt. I have numb butt, and yeah. uh, my fingers are a little bit uh, achy and cramped. Oh, poor you. All I'm doing is playing yeah. video games. I feel sometimes in November, and I, I wish the video game industry would not fucking do this to us, but I feel sometimes in November like I'm a robot, a game-playing robot that they plug in to my Listen you know, to me, GameBot 2000. I know, listen, I, I'm the GameBot no, 2000. They listen, plug me in, test all of these things. Go, game test, bot, test. Listen, okay. I'm going to call you GameBot right. for the rest of today's show. I like show. that. GameBot, listen, uh, this isn't even a bad November compared to previous Novembers I when, uh, you know, I remember back in my old apartment before I moved, I just have a pot of coffee going 24 hours a day, swapping the discs yeah. in and out. At least here, they're spacing them out. They're leaving at least uh, from no, week to Wii week. No, the Wii U just launched and we've got No, a... but from week to week, the, right. the, the, the AAA releases have been pretty... Yeah, but Wii U has got 28 games or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but 27 I mean, I... of them are ports of old games that we <laughs> played before, two fucking yeah. years ago. <laughs> That's true. Good point. Yeah. No, but it, I, am, I, I am very... Uh, Caffeinated. I've been drinking a lot of caffeine, and I've been playing really? a hell of a lot, okay. a hell of a lot of games. Yeah. And I, I, how can you are you doing that thing that? where you would set your alarm on your watch and then do ten push-ups? Uh, no, but I'm walking with my daughter a lot because you look pretty ripped. Thanks, buddy. I'm always checking you out. Yeah, I know, and I, it's not weird at all. Just I love your, your eyes all over me. Checking it's, your mom's feet out. I know, man. It's a nice. A while ago, you're a sexual being. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm alive. I'm virile. So uh, once again, the basement is in horrible disarray down yes, here because of all your game botting. Yeah, yeah. So game bot three thousand. So maybe must in play. December, we can actually get a cleaning person down here, one of the interns, maybe to clean it up a little bit. Uh, the cleaning people go on strike if they come down to the basement. Yeah. They come in, they turn right around, and, and they leave. You need like one of those. They turn the, white. Those hazmat things <laughs> where they come in and clean up the bodies. I haven't tried the hazmat cleaners. After like a Scarface that, kind of that's shootout. A good idea. Yeah, they clean up the dead skunks and the and the spiders yeah. and all that. That'd yeah. be awesome. What are we doing now? Let's go and take our Skype call. Let's go. Okay, with <laughs> Mister Warren Let's... Specter. Let's go through the magical portal known as Skype. It's technology, baby. Joining us now is Warren Specter from Junction Point, who has just wrapped up on Epic Mickey Two: The Power of Two. Thank you, sir, for joining us here in the basement. It's a big deal to have you here. Hey, it's great to be here. Warren, it's good. Let's, let's get going. I'm such a huge fan. I, I can't even talk right now. I can't believe you're here with us in the basement. You, <laughs> you've, you've had an incredible career, sir. You've worked on some massive, massive games, and uh, you've made the transition to, uh, to Disney and to working on Mickey Mouse. And I, I want to hear from you about, uh, about working with the mouse, working with Disney in general and working with this character. And, and you know, obviously the big news of the day right now or of the moment is the, the Lucasfilm acquisition. 
Disney looks like one of the most aggressive corporations in uh, in content generation out there right now. Yeah, I mean the the, the company uh, is really aggressively uh, going after every possible audience you can go after. I know that we've talked internally a lot about how do we reach uh, you know kind of the Star Wars audience, uh, and what better way than to you know, sort of acquire Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that a surprise to you or were you let in as, you know, obviously a Disney employee and as a big part of the Disney interactive group there? Did you know that this was happening? You know, I knew there were discussions going on, but uh, the, the amusing thing was uh, I had heard that, uh, you know, well, they weren't all that serious or it hadn't really gone anywhere. And next thing I know, I'm reading in the paper that uh, – you know that the, the companies acquired Lucas, so uh, I guess uh, all those folks who were who were telling me it wasn't really going to happen were were kind of misleading me. Well, it's kind of I know I have absurd. a big mouth, so I mean they were probably yeah. worried I was going to spill the beans or something. It's kind of an absurd thing, like oh yeah, we're going to buy Star Wars. Like what a crazy thing just to say that. Yeah, I know, but I mean, who, hey, we're going to buy Marvel comics. I mean, yeah, that's that's just about as crazy, right? Yeah, this is. I mean, it really is incredible, and Disney seems to be. Um, I don't know, prescient. You know, they, the, the idea of them working with Square on Kingdom Hearts, remember how crazy that seemed as, you know, all of us that have been in the gaming community for a long time, that first reveal of this amalgam of Disney characters and, and uh, Square Enix and Final Fantasy. We just or, lost about half our listeners. But it was crazy, right? <laughs> and, and look at how well that has worked. Were you a fan of, of, of that franchise, Warren? Well, you know, I, I played the games, and uh, I, I respect what those guys do. I mean, the the, uh, the Kingdom Hearts games are about as good as it gets in terms of that kind of Japanese role-playing game. I mean, they square style. Yeah. Uh, obviously not what I do for a living as a gamer. I, I think they're they're pretty neat games. Uh, you know, I, I think I kind of gravitate more towards, uh, oh, you know, Dishonored and, and Deus Ex, that sort of thing. But uh uh, you know, I'm I'm really glad the Kingdom Hearts game happened. That's for sure because they blazed a trail for us uh, that made Disney Epic Mickey a whole lot easier. I'm sure. Yeah, but it was just a really smart play, I think, on Disney's behalf to kind of see that the uh, the video game space was uh, big enough to include Disney characters with these you know Square characters like that and sort of bring them all together. Uh, well, you know, if you if you think about it, it's kind of amazing. I mean, di- of all the media companies, Disney's been a consistent, constant player for I mean, what is it like seventeen years now or something? I mean, they've been they've been actively involved in games uh, nonstop since games really sort of came into being. Where other media companies come and go, Disney's just always there. Yeah, it's it is it's amazing. And it, you know what's interesting now is you know obviously. Like you guys are building and have built probably one of the biggest core video game brands within Disney Interactive, but it sounds like there's almost like a uh, uh, you know a, a reinvention that's going to be happening with the way that they look at video games now with the the acquisitions of Marvel and uh, and LucasArts. So you know I think there's you know because they had to kind of uh, backtrack a little bit from their. Um, uh, investment into propaganda and Tron and then and Pirates of the Caribbean kind of falling apart and then um, like you guys became the biggest sort of core studio out there but it it looks like Disney's going to be in the core world in a bigger way very soon uh, you know I, I hope the commitment remains firm uh, you know Bob and uh, and John Pleasance who runs Disney Interactive uh, they've been pretty vocal about uh, seeing mobile and social and and uh, you know sort of uh, a different kind of game being a big part of our future, and and uh, I mean I see that too. Anybody with eyes, Anybody, yeah. 
sees sees that that's coming. And uh, you know, I've been pretty vocal recently uh, about about really really wanting to do some tablet stuff because I think that's just an amazing opportunity. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping the commitment is still strong to uh, to core games and to consoles and everything else. We'll see uh, we'll see what happens. Hey, lots of people buy Disney Epic Mickey too. Maybe that makes it easier. Well, yeah. let's go back in time a little bit, Warren, and talk about the original Epic Mickey, uh, which Vic and I both loved, but we didn't we weren't over the moon the way that I think we wanted to be, and I don't think we were alone on that front as critics. How did you feel when you read some of the re- you know maybe some of the more disparaging reviews about Epic Mickey? Well, this is probably not the right forum to say this, but I don't actually read reviews. <laughs> That's okay, Warren. Uh, it doesn't hurt I don't at all. Read reviews. I don't. I don't read. I mean, like, I will never listen to this. I don't read interviews that I give and stuff. I mean, it's kind of self-preservation, actually, because uh, if I don't read interviews and don't read reviews, I can sort of delude myself into thinking I sound good and I sound smart and I'm making good games and everything, and and I don't have to worry about reality setting in. But uh, yeah, you got to believe what you're doing, right? You got to be into yeah. this. Yeah, but you know the reality is there are plenty of people, uh, starting with my wife, you know, and sort of ending with my mother, uh, who <laughs> who read all these things. That's the whole spectrum right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and everyone in between, and they sure tell me uh, what people are saying. So I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> You've heard um, vaguely. Uh, and uh, yeah, look, here's here's the thing. Um, you know, y- you want everybody loving everything you do. I mean, there's no question, right? I mean, in the ideal world. You'd win game of the year every time you do something, and everybody would would just say, "Wow, what genius!" and all. But the reality is, if you can't have that, and and by the way, nobody can. No, I just as soon have you know half the world hate you and half the world love you, and that's kind of what happened. We didn't have a lot of a lot of people responding the way you just did with you know, yeah, well, we liked it, okay. We got we got a lot of you know ten out of ten, five out of five, hundred out of a hundred, you know ninety plus review scores, and we got just as many forties and fifties, right? Yeah. And so, uh, I think I think what it says is we did something unexpected, we did something uh, kind of crazy. Yep. Uh, we did something with some very clear goals that might have, uh, well, you know, annoyed some of the core gaming community, uh, you know, and um, well, and, you- and again, yeah. You know, it was the first time we did it, right? And yeah. so you're not going to get it perfect the first time. Well, and mm-hmm. I have this theory that uh, these third-person sort of action-adventure platforming type games where you see the character and there's a lot of mobility with the character and there's a lot of sort of camera movement around the character, these are the, like the hardest games for developers to make because the bar has been set so high by the Marios and the Sonics, not so much the 3D Sonics, but, uh, you know, there are some, some really good games to kind of compare these things to. And you guys were making your very first game. So, you know, I, I was, and I know I knew that playing the game, so I was very impressed with the fidelity, with the quality, with the diversity. Uh, and also, and I'm not just blowing smoke here, but also the idea that the, uh, the Wiimote was used uh, in, in such an organic and, uh, you know, beneficial way to the, to the way that the game was played. And I, I wonder now as you're going into the, the second you know, kick at this with the with the new consoles. I mean, it feels like it's a better game with the paintbrush mechanic for the Wii and the Wii U and the uh, uh, even the PlayStation Move than to play it on a traditional console like the Xbox 360. Yeah, well, you know, clearly, as soon as any human starts talking about giving Mickey Mouse a paintbrush, 
uh, you know, their hands start waving as if they have a paintbrush in their hands. So the right. the remote and the, and the move are, are kind of no-brainers. Um, you know, the more traditional controllers, that was certainly something that we, uh, you know, we had some uh, trepidation yeah, about. Yeah, now you had to struggle say. in the other way, right? You had to kind of yeah. go back and make like a, like a tried-and-true old-school-style 3D-type game and without, and, the, without the control. Yeah, and I, I know you guys will tell us, uh, you know, if we did it well enough. Or tell your we, wife and your mother. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I'm sure they'll, they'll tell me. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing to me is uh, watching people play it. Uh, you watch – well, let me, let me back up. When you watch a kid play Disney Epic Mickey with the remote in one hand and the nunchuck in the other, right, yeah. what you see is just like crazy hand-waving, you know, spraying paint and thinner all over the place, just having fun, just playing. And you watch an adult play the same thing, and you see something completely different. You see adults, like, using that pixel-perfect aiming that you get. You know, they're taking their time. They're slow. They're, they point it at the thing they want to they draw or erase. Yeah. yeah. And, and I guess, I, I mean, I suspect it's because they don't want to look stupid. You know, right. they don't want to fail. Yeah, right. Kids don't care about that stuff. When you watch adults play with the 360 and the PS3 controller, the standard controllers, which don't give you that pr- pixel-perfect aiming control, you, you kind of see adults start playing like kids. They start moving the joystick around and just spraying paint and hitting the thing they want to hit in passing, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, I, it's not for me to say, you will love our controls, you know, you will love our camera. But but I think if people can wrap their minds around the fact that it's a different experience and you just have to sort of figure out which one you want – I think it'll be okay. We'll find out. You, you know, Warren, not too many things uh, shock and amaze me, but uh, I, I was surprised and shocked and amazed when I heard word that the sequel was coming. I mean, I know you love Disney. You're, you know, you're very open about that. But I thought that you made your Disney game, and that was that, and we were done with it. And then the announcement comes that there's Epic Mickey too, and so here, here you, you have another go at it. I mean, how does what? I mean, did they come to you and pitch it, or did you go to them and pitch it, or what was? How yeah, did the was protocol it work? The plan? Well, they, they said if you want to keep getting a paycheck, you know, you're going to make another game for us. No, I mean, Disney acquired Junction. <laughs> Get down in row and just follow I'm the a, ship. I'm a, I'm a cast member. And, and uh, you know, so it's not like Junction Point's an independent. Uh, and so uh, when when we finished the first game, we did pretty much what my team is doing right now. It took a, a couple of months off, thought about what we wanted to do next. And the reality is, I you know, I had a trilogy planned out. It's not that, not that you know... Um, like everybody does trilogies these days. I mean, part of the process I go through when I, I think about what I want to do uh, is is plan out, can I do three games set in this universe with these characters cool. in this world? You know, hey, I mean, think about it. Like, it, if I have the best team on the planet with the best production crew on the planet, it takes two years to make a game. Yeah. Uh, usually it takes me three or more because I'm not a great software developer, you know, <laughs> but... But the reality is, if I'm going to spend six to ten years of my life, you know, with some characters, I need to know that I'm not going to get bored. Right. So I had three games. I mean, I know what's going to happen in the third one if we're lucky enough to make one. Awesome. But you know, having said all that, uh, if if Disney doesn't let me like mess with the ducks, yeah, <laughs> uh, or or get get some goofy out of my system, I, I'm going to go bananas. I mean, I. <laughs> You know, I, I there's plenty more I want to do in in Wasteland with Mickey and Oswald, but uh, how I often want to are you going characters. to uh, Disneyland or Disney World these days? Do you are you probably you're a pretty regular visitor, I would imagine. Uh, every chance I get, I mean, I got the silver pass in my pocket that gets me in for free. 
you know, it's like I'll, I'll go there and just say, ah, you know, I'm going to go ride a ride, and then I'll go back to the office. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty amazing. That's, That's awesome. one of the. What is your fascination with Disney? I mean, when when you know, like what how you know, like don't t- you t- don't you have that fascination, Scott? I mean, I do. I, I have no Are, desire to go to Disneyland. You really? Yeah. When you ever you, been to Disneyland? When did you lose that? Been Scott? to Disneyland and Disney World. When did you lose that? That's that's like you well, lost like you're, that inner child. You're both ganging up on me well, right now. Well, I, I totally get Warren's slant on this. <laughs> of course I, you do. Disney's the coolest man. Like it's 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 pure imagination. It's wonderful. It, it reminds you what it was like to be a kid. You yeah. know, if, if if you don't want to be reminded of that, Disney's probably not your cup of tea. It's like forty dollars for a hamburger. <laughs> Somebody next time yeah, I'm Warren, in town, can you, oh, you yeah. and Silver Pass, oh, Silver Pass with Warren. I think I might. Can like you work that. on the prices on the hamburger, Warren? <laughs> yeah, I'll get right on okay. there. Plus, the it's know. a small world scares the shit out of me. I gotta tell you. Hey, you know it's funny you say that because uh, I remember the one of the times I went on a research trip before we had the whole uh, game planned out. Uh, the first Disney Epic Mickey game, and I, I went on. It's a small world because I hadn't done that since probably like 1965 or something, you know. And uh, there was a little kid outside with his mom, and he was kind of kind of scared. Hmm. And I looked up at the clock tower, and I said, "That's our first boss." I, w- I want a ten year old kid crying. Oh, wow. oh that's <laughs> amazing. You know, the, that, now that you we're talking about it again, and we are going into the park a little bit. Uh, you know, I. The, Part, one of the things that I liked a lot about uh, Mickey was it was uh, dark, right? Was yeah, w- w- whenever you would kind of go behind the rides and you would kind of see the park from that different point of view, yeah. and, and that's always kind of it's a little unnerving. It's a little well, creepy. Just the fact that it's called the Wasteland, and there was this, uh, yeah. there was a creepiness to the design. I think that was deliberate. And I, I you know, is that you know going to be what we're seeing in the sequel too? Are we going to have a game that? Uh, appeals to the old adult collectors and, and uh, fans of of Disney for for a long time, as well as younger crowd too. Yeah, I hope so, man. I mean, you know, the the thing is, I've I've made a, a lot of games, you know, obviously and directly for adults. Yeah. And and one of the things that I was concerned about when I started working at Disney was that they were going to push me to make a game for kids. And I, I I told them when they asked me if I wanted to do the the Mickey game, I said no because I don't make games for kids. And they spent a lot of time reassuring me that they wanted uh, what you know. Here are the air quotes here. You know, a game for everyone. Right. In the same way that that Pixar and classic Disney films, you know, have some kind of appeal for everyone, except your co-host there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, that's what I wanted to do, and I, I I really like that. I mean, I I, I think. I, I wish more game developers thought that way, just because it's really cool making a game that you know gamers can appreciate on one level. Kids can appreciate, adults can appreciate, Disney fans who would never think of picking up another game. There's something for everyone. Well, that's Nintendo's magic, man. We're still playing with a cartoon plumber, you know, in in a lot of the same types of ways that we have since 1985 and still loving the character. And there's no reason why we can't also find that in Mickey. What I think is kind of ironic is that Mickey Mouse, in in terms of a general sort of, uh, you know, animated property, is not one of the highest wattage uh, characters out there right now in terms of uh, fan awareness, except through your game. Now that must be uh, weird. It was amazing. No, it, was, it wasn't weird. It was amazing. Are you yeah. kidding me? I mean, you know, the, when uh, when I started first talking to when I first started talking to Disney, uh, they were they were pretty clear that you know they had made a a conscious decision not to have Mickey appear in video games for about a decade. Right. Uh, but but just as a as a, a fan, as someone looking at it from the outside, it was clear that they hadn't put Mickey in a story in a long time either. Yeah. I mean, 
I think I've, I've been trying to remember what was the last. I think the last one was like uh, the Three Musketeers, a uh, a movie that kind of came and went and nobody really noticed. Right. But so I mean, part of me was thinking, man, I mean, they are trusting me and my team with the keys to the kingdom and a character who who we're going to make the hero of a story for the first time in in like you know 10 15 years it was just it was incredible that they would they would think that a game is the right place to do that the best place to do that and the and the guy that made Deus Ex gets to have those keys man. yeah, it's, yeah. It's how, how did, i have no idea how that happened i mean <laughs> yeah. i was i was at a disney pitch in a fantasy role-playing game and a and a, a thing called necessary evil which was really deus ex with the serial numbers filed off yeah and <laughs> and and the next thing i know they're asking me if i want to do a mickey mouse game it was crazy i mean they must have seen something there that they liked but uh, they sure didn't like the stuff i was pitching it was That's funny. awesome hey let's talk about your team for a second how much of the junction point team is uh, you know a collection of people that you've worked with for years and years, and how much of it is comprised of uh, you know kind of new blood people that are maybe working on their first or second game? Uh, you know, it's a pretty good balance actually. Uh, the, you know, a, there's a core there that I've been working with for you know in, in most cases ten, sometimes more years than that actually. Uh, if you if you talk to me about uh, a year ago. Uh, I still had Steve Powers, man. He's like my, my design. He's like my Buddha. I would rub his belly, and games would be great, you know. <laughs> and uh, but he went to work on Dishonored, so I can't really uh, uh. give him too much. But but uh, yeah, no. About there, there are probably twenty people at the studio now who I've been working with for a decade or more. It must Maybe be surreal more. to them that they're working on Mickey games too, right? Oh my God! I mean, well, when we first, uh, you know, when we, when I first decided that we were going to do a Mickey Mouse game, uh, I came back to this group of people who had signed on. You know, most of them because they wanted to make the next Deus Ex or System Shock or something. You know, yeah. and and I had to tell them, guys, we're making a Mickey Mouse game. <laughs> uh, and I, I, for for the first couple of months after that, every once in a while, I would have what I call a come to Mickey meeting, where I would just say, guys. We're making a Mickey Mouse game. <laughs> if you don't want to do that, go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yep. uh, and so, so some of them did, actually. Yeah, it was really yeah. Wow, really? Well, that's probably yep. the right thing to do. To, and I guess yeah. you must have attracted people that wanted to work on a Mickey Mouse game, too, right? That that's, were, exactly, yeah? that's exactly yeah. Everybody at this studio now is either like a world-class actor or a hardcore Disney fan. <laughs> you know? yeah, if I good. said I want want to go make you know i was working on this other thing called the uh, body hunter with david fincher of all people you oh know and uh if i turned around and said i want to do body hunter with this group of people i'd probably have a you know a rebellion on my hands or something that's awesome yeah it does seem like there's almost a rite of passage in the industry everybody has to work on something that they they don't want to work on from time to time but uh, mickey sounds like a cool thing to work on like, well especially the way that disney you know and listen we approach the game i think everybody that's been reviewing video games for a long time and i think i can speak for a lot of our peers and on this. You can't speak for me. I, I can speak for you a little bit. You surprised us. You know, you surprised us with the uh, the level of intelligence and the uh, the artistic aspirations that you had surrounding the content in Epic Mickey. And my question to you now, Warren, is that, you know, obviously this is going to be, the sequel here is going to be a new game for people that never had a Wii or never played the Wii original. Uh, are they going to be missing out on anything? Is it is it uh, just you know how are you catching people up when you when you start the game if you if you play it on the PlayStation Three for instance? Well, the way I always think about it, and the way I describe it to people who have expressed that concern, uh, is you know if you played the first one, 
You'll recognize some places that have changed pretty radically. You'll you'll already have an understanding of some characters. So you might have a, a slightly sort of richer experience in a way that doesn't affect your enjoyment of the game, if mm-hmm. you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it, it'll be fine for people who haven't played the first game. We start out with a summary of what happened. Uh, just because we want to make sure that people understand there was a game before that, blah, 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 blah. But the reality is it's a standalone experience. It tells a story that starts at the beginning and ends at the end. uh, And, of course, you know, leaves things open for a possible third game if this one does well enough and Disney wants it. So I I don't think it would be a problem at all for people who didn't play the first game. But, again, I know you'll tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Warren, it is an established fact that you have one of the most terrific beards in all of video game development. (laughs) Uh, We also just recently – We looked it up. (laughs) Yeah, we we just had a meeting earlier with Greg Zischuk. Uh, who also has an impressive beard. I, I think we have a new game coming right here. Beard, beard versus beard. Yeah, beard battle. Yeah. Beard, <laughs> beard battles. But here, here's my, you know, Greg Zeschuk and, and obviously his, his colleague uh, Ray, they've decided to step away from games right. at this point. You, my friend, have been a part of the games industry for a very long time. You've, you've had an incredible career. Lots of ups, a few little downs here and there, but mostly ups. How have you sustained this for so long? That's a great question. You know, um, I, there, there are a couple of answers to that. One is I always try to make sure there's there's some creative thing going on in my life that is just me and a blank screen. I mean, like last year I wrote uh, four issues of the DuckTales comic book for Boom Studios. That's awesome. If, if you love it, it's because I'm really talented. If you hate it, it's because I suck. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I, I always try to have some project like that. Uh, you know, before that, it's like I, I spent a lot of time on uh, the uh, the Game Developers Association Education Committee, uh, trying to work with universities and, and community colleges and stuff to to make sure that that the next generation of game developers was appropriately trained. Yada yada. You know, I always try to have something out there that uh, that does that, that that keeps my my batteries charged. Uh, the other thing is. Uh, you know, I've been the luckiest guy in the game business uh, for, for so many reasons. I mean, first of all, I have never – this is literally true. I have never been told to make a game, never been assigned a game uh, that, I, that I didn't come up with. I mean, I make the games I want to make. I, this is like a I – you could, you could talk to 100 publishers and they will tell you I've said exactly these words in exactly this way to every one of them. I make the games I want to make. I make them the way I want to make them. And if you don't want to do that, let's part company now and we'll stay friends. That's awesome. You know? yeah. and, and the reality is, I mean, like we're just making games. I mean, I, obviously I think games are art. I think they're important. I love them to death. But at the end of the day, we're not curing cancer. We're not no, no, bringing world peace. You know? No, you're not. But you know, something about your games, Warren, is that you endeavor to make them story rich and uh, also personal for the, uh, the the player, you know, and giving the player a tremendous amount of choice for how they want to sort of guide their way through the game. It's not like you just made, um, y- you know, diversions, you know, through your career. You don't just make games for the sake of uh, the Twitch mechanics. You, no. You approach them from a uh, almost an emotional connection, Thief and, and Deus Ex and these other titles that you've been associated with and, and Epic Mickey. There's... There's an emotional uh, core to your work, and maybe that's a, at the heart of of your longevity in the business as well. Well, I, you know, I think I think we've been people like me, you know, part, people who started in the <coughs> in the seventies. Um, you know, <laughs> we 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 had an opportunity to create a new 
a new art form. Yeah. I mean, a new medium of expression. I mean, I know it sounds pretentious as hell. And you know what? I just don't care. Us. Yeah. I don't care if it sounds pretentious. The reality is we're doing something that that you know what a handful of people get to do every century. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like movies, radio, that was it for the 20th century, you right. know? Television is an offshoot of those. And we're something brand new. And if I mean, why why in God's name would you make uh, a a game that's more like a movie? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, forget it, you know? And so I, I just do what I do, and and I surround myself with people who are way smarter than me. Oh, my God. And every game, it's like one of the questions I ask myself, well, I don't care if there's a, a number. I mean, I've worked on games that had a number seven after their title, right? Yeah. But every game I've worked on, I always ask myself, what's the one thing in here that no one in the world's ever seen? And if there isn't a real serious chance of failing, it's not worth doing. There are plenty of other developers who, you know, execute well against well-understood problems and make much more polished games than I ever will. And, you know, and games that a lot of people like better than what I do. But the reality is I'm making the games I want to make partly because, and, and I want to make them partly because I have no idea how to make them. Right. And I surround myself with people who are jazzed about that. So if, if Mickey fell short for you, you know, I'm sorry, but it, it was exactly what I wanted to be doing at that moment. It was with a team that wanted to be doing it. We were trying stuff that was insanely hard. I mean, crazily hard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we fell short, we fell short. Nobody died. You know what, Warren? Now I understand why every time I see you, you're always so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I totally get it now. Like, it makes sense to me. Like, you're, you're such a positive dude. Well, I think that people have to find a moment in their life where they just take a second to kind of realize that they're where they want to be or they're not. You know, and I don't think enough people do. I think that you need that moment of clarity, that moment of self-awareness and, and, and recognition that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I, I feel bad for people that feel trapped and are, that say they aren't doing what they're, they're, they're doing, what they're not supposed to be doing, but they can't find a way out. And, and I think uh, every There's life, always a, yeah. yeah, there always is, and every life deserves that. And it sounds like you discovered that a long time ago, and you've been able to... Uh, uh, maintain a, a path and, and uh, create work that speaks for your own artistic purposes but also connects with a huge audience out there. And now you have the experience of developing Epic Mickey. Maybe the sequel has the sequel been as hard? Has bringing it to different consoles mean, meant a whole bunch of new, uh, you know, crazy challenges for you guys? Or was it a little bit easier to kind of build on what you'd already done? Well, from a development standpoint, it was incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, from a from a design standpoint, I knew in 2005 we were going to make Oswald a playable character. I knew I wanted to do something with music. Um, you know, I already know what we're going to do in the third one if we get a chance to do it. So from from a design standpoint, not so much from a development standpoint, though, you know, we had over 800 people working on on Disney Epic Mickey 2. Wow. I, I, it, in in now shit. 10 different locations <laughs> around the world. It, it was insane. Wow. I mean, we went, we went from one platform yeah. to eight <laughs> you yeah. know you're on the wii I mean, u as well right yeah yeah it's oh day God. and date with the release of the game you know i mean with the uh, release of the hardware that's amazing and um so from how, do, a, how do you keep your sanity like because you're it's your name <laughs> how you do know, i keep all, my sanity it's almost like warren mickey or warren specter's epic mickey in a way right so how do you keep your sanity when you've got 800 people that you got to think about 
Uh, you know, I, it's something I said a minute ago. You surround yourself with people way smarter than you are. <laughs> uh, I have, I have, I, I, you, you know, obviously I'm not talking to uh, every designer working on the project no. or every artist. I talk to the leads. Uh, I talk to, uh, I mean, I have, I have an amazing studio director and a guy named Paul Weaver. Um, I've got great studio leads uh, on the art and technical side. I've got great discipline leads uh, and a really strong production team. And you trust them to do their jobs. I mean, like all I do is say, here's the here's the creative box within which you guys are going to work. Here's a high level story. Here are the game features that I insist on. Uh, I don't care if that pixel is blue or green. Awesome. You know, yeah. <laughs> and then and then I make sure everybody understands. I have one more vote than everybody else on the team combined. So if I don't like it, it's not going in. But but really, you hire talented people and you 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 let them go. You give them clear goals and you let them go. That's that's where that's where quality comes from. That's where sleepless nights for me come from but that's where that's where you get good games from well i have uh two more questions and uh you know it's almost time to wrap up with you right now but i want to know your thoughts on the wii u we're getting it very very soon with the launch of your game as a matter of fact what are your thoughts on the new console from nintendo i i think uh it shows that as always at least historically nintendo is first out of the gate uh pointing us towards the future you know uh, in terms of the way they did it, I'm not sure they uh, they nailed it. You know, it's like it's a it's a proprietary second screen, but I think the the idea of multiple screen gaming and tablet gaming is enormous for video games. I mean, I can't wait to be playing with multiple screen uh, tablet gaming, and uh, playing on the Wii U is going to teach all of us a lot of stuff we need to ensure our futures. So I'm really psyched about it. It, it's just, it allows us to make games, not not just uh, sort of gimmicky games, but uh, completely different kinds of games. Uh, I mean, if, if if the guys who are making sports games aren't thinking about how this completely changes their world, they're just not thinking hard enough, you know? Yeah, good point. I, there, there are all sorts of uh, more traditional game styles that we, we haven't really been able to – multi, multiplayer game styles that we haven't been able to bring to people until now. And uh, again, you know, I think everybody's going to get there eventually, but Nintendo's out there first again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what's going to bring people to Epic Mickey 2? You know, maybe the skeptics out there. What's the coolest thing about the game that you know, if they aren't paying attention to, they should absolutely be? Uh, well, the fact that they can now play it, even if they don't own a Wii, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's number one with a bullet. Um, you know, after that, I think it's it's got to be the multiplayer. I mean, I've I've frankly just really I, uh, scared is the right word. I mean, I've been scared to try a multiplayer game, uh, and finally, I just talked to the team and I said, "Look, it's time for us to do this. Let's try it. We're doing two players this time." Uh, it, what it means is, you know, we, we really did on the first game make a game that kids and adults liked equally. I mean, if you look at who played the game, it was about 50% uh, over 18 and about 50% under 18. And men and women, boys and girls split evenly too. So, and then we, we, you know, stupidly said, but you have to play alone. Uh, now, we, now we let you play with someone else. Um, and for, for the core gamers in the audience, and I know they're out there, um, the one thing I would say is we didn't do choice and consequence light this time. That's what we did the first time because we had a lot of kids and a lot of non-gamers who, because it was a Mickey game, were not going to get what what gamers now get because of games like Deus Ex and Mass Effect and Fable and Dishonored and everything else you can think of. But this time we went all the way. I mean, the, the choices you make are different than the kinds of choices you're going to make in a Deus Ex game. But 
the depth of the choices and the depth of the gameplay and the consequence of your choices is as deep and rich as anything I've ever worked on. So if you can deal with a, a change of pace from your, your Call of Duty and your GTA Five, give me a weekend and see what you think. Awesome. You know, Warren, it is wonderful to hear the cinnamon warm tones of your voice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, I'm going to announce this on the podcast right now. I'm growing a Warren Spector beard. Are you? Not a Greg Zuschek beard. <laughs> I'm growing a Warren Spector beard, and I'm going to wear that thing with pride. Hey, be careful. I shaved mine off about two years ago, and my wife almost threatened to divorce me. So oh, no. once you do it, you're committed. All you're right. Com- there are pitfalls go, I have not it'll considered. Be, it'll be the grow the it'll, beard. It'll be the beard that you you grow while you're playing Epic Mickey too. That's right. I, I can't wait. Yeah, there you go, dude. It's been amazing to have you on this Thanks, po- on this podcast. And Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, please come back to Vic's basement anytime you want to, my friend. Will do. Congratulations on the launch. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. So long. Bye bye. That was Warren Spector. Holy crap! We have wow. just—we've uh, reached another level, my friend. What we do we have do now? Up. How are we going to spend our XP points? I, look, we need to get Harrison Ford on this podcast or something. I know. How do we beat that? Achievement unlocked. That's the only way we could beat it. Is if Harrison Ford, or as, as we call him, Harrison, would stop by the studio. That's right. It would be amazing, and it'll never happen. What studio? <laughs> we're, we're not in a studio. What am, what am I saying? Well, the studio that uh, shitty fucking basement. Yeah, it's in our basement. We have mics in our shitty fucking basement. Sorry for swearing, Warren. It is uh, kind of like being on with your dad. A little bit. Yeah. He, he's in charge of Mickey Mouse, and we've sworn, uh, we swore a lot in he, this. He makes us want to be better human beings. He does. Thank you, Warren, for that. Thank you, Warren, and thank you for Stitcher! listening. We're on Stitcher. Thanks for that reminder. And uh, you guys rock. And listen, if you uh, like Vic's Basement, don't forget to subscribe and rate and uh, tell a couple of friends uh, on our behalf, and we'd really appreciate Special it. Special shout-out to Craig Serhit, who is laid up this week. Yes. Feel better, Craig. Get better, buddy. We love you. We'll see you next time.